My name is Bob Thomason, and I'm a member of Myers Park Baptist Church. My parents moved to Charlotte in about 1951, and I was born a few years after that. They were Baptists from South Carolina, and this was the neighborhood Baptist church, so they joined it. I don't really think they know what they were getting into, but, uh, but it was my good fortune that they joined. Some of my earliest mem mem memories of the church, uh, well, actually, I have some stories from the church that uh, occurred bef you know, long before I could remember them. In fact, the first one um, uh, involved an illness I had as a child. I developed an infection in my hip just about the time I took my first couple of steps. And the doctors diagnosed it and said that I would be a cripple, that was the word of the day, for the rest of my life. And I still have the note that Dr. Heaton wrote my mother, where he told her not to worry, that the church would take care of our family and of me. As it turns out, I did recover, uh, but I needed a shot of penicillin uh, every couple of days, and the church was involved in that too, indirectly, and that our neighbor was Ann Smith, a member of this church, and she was a nurse. And she came over to our house every couple of days and gave me a shot of penicillin that cured my illness and allowed me to grow up normally and, and uh, be perfectly healthy. So I benefited from my church membership right off the bat. Um, my next my actual memory, first memories of the church were of the Through the Week School. And I remember that as being a place where um, I first realized that there were people other than my parents that loved me. And some of those people um, were around until just recent years. They included people like Edith Collins, one of our both most beloved church members that um, many of you remember, remember who passed away a few years ago. And there were many, many others. Um, I remember Carlisle Marnie. He baptized me in about 1965. And the thing I remember about that was he was wearing cowboy boots. And that just, I thought that was just the coolest thing in the world is that Carl, my minister was marrying, uh, wearing cowboy boots. Um, we uh, have some other family stories about the church. I had an older brother, Buddy, who grew up here. And in the late 60s, he uh, was uh, of draft age and the Vietnam War was raging. He became a conscientious objector. And my parents were of the World War II generation, and they were absolutely horrified by that. And they thought that perhaps our new senior minister who had just come, Gene Owens, might be able to talk some sense into my brother. So the three of them came to church and met with Gene, and Gene talked to them, and he heard my brother talk uh, about his beliefs, and he heard my parents talk, and he turned to my parents and said, I agree with your son. I think he's making the right stand. And so my parents were a little bit upset by that, as you can imagine, but in time, they came to accept that stance, uh, as we all did. And I think that's an example of how our ministers here at this church have always been a little bit ahead of us uh, in the congregation and have led us to places where we didn't think we wanted to go, but where we really needed to be. There's a, there's a related story to that um, that involves my children when they were in high school, uh, both of them were editors of the Myers Park High School newspaper, 
And the youngest one had written an editorial that was uh, sort of scathing, is the word I would call it. It was a criticism of an American general who had made some comments, uh, some negative comments about homosexuals in the military. And my son uh, had a lot of critical things to say about that general. He showed me the article, and I thought it was a little uh, over the top. And in fact, the uh, advisor for the newspaper told my son that he had to go see the principal before it would be published. And my son just would not back down. He said, I'll go to the principal. We're going to publish this. So I thought that perhaps if Andy could talk to Steve Shoemaker, that maybe Steve could help him tone the language of this article down a bit. And so Andy went to see Steve, and they met. I was not there, but when it was all done, Andy came home, and I said, Andy, how did, how did it go with Steve? And he said, he liked the article. He said, don't change a word of it. <laughs> so once again, we have a senior minister who is helping parents um, let their children gr grow and push boundaries and, and, uh, and, and progress, really, quite frankly. I think that was the right decision in the end. So again, just two stories that il illustrate something um, about our church. Another story I remember that tells something about our church was uh, right after the first Gulf War in the early 90s, Gene Owens preached a sermon uh, staking his position against that war. And he got a lot of pushback. You may recall this was when Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait and we were going to go to war to, and did, to, to stop that. Uh, Gene was against that. But a lot of people in the church didn't understand that position. So Gene decided that we should all meet down in Shalom Hall and talk about it. And I went to that meeting, and it was remarkable. Uh, Gene was on stage, and people were battering him with questions right and left, and he was answering them, and emotions were high. Um, discussion was intense. I just could feel the room heat up. But we, everybody got to have their say, and everybody left that room feeling better uh, not necessarily agreeing with each other, and I'm not, not sure any minds were changed, but that was a great example of us living out our covenant when we say that controversy is a reality of life together. It was, it was manifested that night, and I, was, I felt privileged um, to see that. Uh, Steve Shoemaker also took a stand against the, uh, the next war with Iraq, in the early 2000s, and uh, he took some heat for that. I was chair of the Board of Deacons in 2003 when that happened, and uh, I got to see firsthand um, how, how much uh, blowback a minister can get when he, takes, he or she takes a position like that. So I have great respect for our ministers when they stand up for causes um, that are just. And our church has a history of that, back to its very, very founding. I spent the last year um, immersed in church history, and I've been reading all the stories and talking to people and listening to these interviews um, about, about our history. And it really is truly remarkable. Um, Dr. Heaton was the perfect minister to help us found this church. 
he, his focus was relationship building and building a church family. Then along came Marnie, and Marnie was a prophet. I don't know any other word to describe that man. He was so far ahead of his time in favor of desegregation and preaching on it in the 50s, even before he came to our church. Um, he saw the Vietnam War for what it was and you know, preached against it in the mid-60s. Um, and we supported uh, integration in the community in the 60s. And of course, we have more recently uh, carried the banner for openness towards sexual orientation in the community. And we're one of the first, if not the first, high steeple church in Charlotte to, to take that position. I am so proud of that heritage, and I'm so proud of our ministers for leading us in that direction. And I think with Ben Boswell now that we're poised to, to continue that tradition, and uh, I'm very proud of that. In terms of what the church means to me, I'm proud of our uh, ability and courage to take stands on issues of social justice, as I just indicated. But like so many members, the, the real meaning to me is much more personal. It, it's much more personal. Um, the church for me, oh, I'll back up a little bit. Um, when I left this church as a teenager, I thought I would never come back. I had no use for a church. I had no use for uh, what I considered to be the Christian myths um, that were so unscientific, uh, which was where my focus was then. And I thought I'd never come back to this church. Um, what brought me back were, were two things. Uh, one is my wife, who, who uh, wanted to attend the church. And number two was Dick Cornwell, who, when he saw me here with my wife one day, he called me later and said, hey, uh, I, I want to see if you'll join a group in the church, the orientation group, and help me out here. And he said, all you have to do is show up. And I thought, well, you know what? I can do that. I can show up. And I did, and um, I spent a couple of years on the orientation committee, and it, it was an incredible experience. And I, I came to love this church again when I found out about its history, who its people were. Um, I was just hooked. But what really cemented my relationship to this church community is what it did for my family. I think one of the downsides to modern life is that Many of us grow up in nuclear families these days, and I, I certainly was uh, in, that, in that category. There were four people in our family, my mother, my father, my brother, and me, and our, our cousins and everybody else were very distant. We rarely saw them. So the church became my extended family. They became my aunts, uncles, and cousins. They were my people. They were the ones who let me know, who told me who I was and where I came from and what I stood for. That's what the church meant for, to me. And when I had children, the church filled the same role for them. I think if you were to ask them, they would tell you, uh, I'm a product of Myers Park Baptist Church. The, the members in this church took an interest in my children and they followed them through school. They sent them encouraging notes. Every time they came home from college, people surrounded them and asked about them. Um, when we do family dedication, uh, we tell the parents that we're going to help raise their children, and we do. Uh, that was the case with my children. Um, 
that is the most important thing to me about this church is what we do for each other and what we do for our families. In terms of what I hope for the future, I hope obviously that we continue um, our efforts in social justice and in our internal community building and working with families. I certainly hope for that. But I hope for more. Um, we, society has changed dramatically since we were founded in 1943. I think we're in a period of change that is the greatest that I've seen since the 1960s. And our church is going to have to change to remain relevant. The gospel never changes. But how we teach it, how we talk about it, and how we live it out does. We have to change to be relevant. So I'm, I'm actually excited about that. I'm more excited about the future uh, than I am uh, looking at the past. And I think that with our new staff our, that is so young, with Ben and Chrissy and Carrie, um, I think we're poised to do that. Not only that, but we have a new strategic plan has action steps that will take us where we need to go. And last but not least, we are in the process of raising the resources to implement that plan. Um, so we'll have everything in place, uh, the vision, the plan with the action steps, and the financial resources to carry it out. I could not be ex more excited to be a member of Myers Park Baptist Church.